Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Bology. Manage and measure your players' skill development and increase accountability year-round utilizing the Bology app. Boost inter-squad competition with drills backed by the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, including a 40-shot Bology skills assessment. Please visit Bology.com teams for information on how you can provide this resource for your team. Like I said before, so many coaches uh, respect you, look up to you. You've been obviously doing this a long time and have so much experience. What are some daily habits that have set you up for success? Well, that's a that's a great question, and I'm I'm probably not not always great at at uh, self evaluating habits, but you know one thing one thing I would say that pretty pretty uh, you know regimented on early every morning I you know try to get to the office before things are chaotic before other people have arrived at school and 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 work on the on our practice plan like what we need to get done that day and you know if we're lifting weights that day. So I kind of like I might not have it finished, you know, before I go to first period in the morning, but I've got a pretty good idea because one thing I guess I know, I always hated feeling rushed uh, in trying to plan my day. And so I like having time to to think about it. And then I've I've had a I mean, maybe the maybe the the one of the best things I've done in coaching is I've I've really had great luck with the assistants that I've hired. I'm very mm-hmm. picky. Um and I've had great assistance. So then it gives me time too before practice to have it typed up and have a trusted assistant look at it and tell me his thoughts and, and give me feedback. And so we do that kind of every day. I mean, even this time of year in the spring, my uh, uh, Quincy Nodine, who's just a fantastic coach, he'll, when he's in his, on his off period in the morning, I'll have the practice plans sitting on his desk. And then he'll, if I'm in there, he'll talk to me. If I'm not, he'll text me his thoughts. And nice. And so I think that's important because I just, I know sometimes we have a bad practice. I feel like as coaches and maybe, you know, not all the time, but sometimes I felt like it was my fault, like it was a bad plan. And, and so I try to really self-evaluate on that practice plan every day and, and feel like it kind of, you know, probably has a, a huge impact on our kids. Coach, you may think that's a small thing, you know, being there early to do your practice plan. But I think that having that ownership, like you just said about how it's, if this thing doesn't go right, it's my fault. I think so, so many times. And maybe I, I was, I was definitely guilty of it too. When I was younger was, you know, the guys just didn't bring it today. Uh, they just didn't show up the way I wanted them today. Well, maybe I need to turn that around a little bit and actually look at my level of organization. Uh, uh, was I doing anything creative enough to actually kind of because, yeah, you and I are talking in the spring. They've been listening to our voice all year long. Coach, yes. maybe we need no. to change some things up. Yes, that's a great that's a great point. And. And I don't know, many years back, and we all had we all had this. We remember it as, you know, when we played. And that some practices you looked up and you thought, uh, oh man, I can't believe like we've already been going an hour, you know, because you were in, I guess, what they call the flow state, yes. where things were kind of seamless and moving along, and you kind of would get lost in practice and enjoyed it. And and so I know we can't we can't be perfect and capture that every day. 
but we can try to as much as we can as coaches. So I don't want and I think we've all experienced this too, where maybe we dreaded practice and, you know, it, we were more or less just getting through it instead of experiencing it. And uh, so, yeah, I don't want my practices to feel like drudgery or, um, you know, just something they have to do and get through. And there's a little portion of their brain that's looking forward to the season being over because they won't have to practice as long. So, yeah. so yes, I, I mean, I, I think a lot about that you know, about how we're going to organize practice and try to make it flow. And hopefully while the kids are going to be working hard and they're going to be tired and they're going to be, you know, sweating, I want them to, I want them to get lost in it as much as, as much as I can control. But you've already used one of my favorite words, which is flow. You've used it twice. Uh, it's what our, our offense philosophy is called. When leather touches our fingertips, man, we're flowing. We're in it. You know, there's no get across half court. Now we're going to run offense. Offense has begun. And so uh, flow state, though, is a phrase that I heard from Kenny Hoffpower. And I haven't heard a lot of guys use that. What does that mean to you? Where did you hear that? Where'd you get it from? Well, to me, I, I'm not sure where I got it from. I think that I I think when I got my master's years back and my master's is not a uh, to be a principal. It was in uh, athletic administration. And and it was all, you know, it was pretty much coaches or people who had coached that that taught those classes. And I think in in one of those classes that uh I had a professor that that kind of dove into that, into the flow state. And and that really stuck with me. I mean, I we all kind of know what he's, you know, what somebody's talking about, but um to kind of take a deep dive into it, I think is interesting. And yeah. so to me it just means that uh, you're able to block out the distractions of the day and kind of live in the moment and be engaged, you know, in what you're doing, which so your concentration is better and you don't mind it. You're not you're not minding having to focus and concentrate. And um, so, yeah, I don't know exactly. I mean, I think some of the things that lead to that or, you know, not spending too much time in one, you know, on one drill or one, one aspect, not over talking as a coach in practice, um, which I'm sure I have been guilty of. Um, but, <laughs> but now then I kind of will catch myself if I like, Ooh, you know, like I just talked too long. So I'm not, not doing that the rest of practice. going to be much quicker with my instruction. Um, so coach, that's think, hard to do. That's I'm it, sorry. It's it cut is. you off. That's hard to do to catch yourself in that moment. And I, I think maybe that's a level of just really kind of how elite you are, uh, because you're right on the money. We're all guilty of talking too much. And even though you're aware of it right now, you're still going to do it at some point. But I've even caught myself wanting to or and I have apologized on occasion to my players for the last three minutes that we can't get back. And I think it, I like letting them know that I'm aware of what I just did to them. But the, I think what that also does is let them know, like, oh, wow, like. This time's really important. If if that's, he's realizing he wasted it, it's not just his time. That that's our time, and I like them looking at that's it like a great, that. Well, that's a great point that you made. I like the thought of I'm going to do that next time. I felt like I, you know, I made my point too long. I'm going to apologize for. I like that a lot, and that is a that is a great thing to communicate back to them. I love that, Coach. That flow state um, to me, it's it's. I, I do like the Bruce Lee quote of being water, you know, like in any situation that you're in, guys, flow, be water. You're able to handle adversity. But also, I think it's just like we ask guys to go full speed. 
Mm-hmm. But how much time in a game? I'm okay. If, if full speed is a hundred percent, meaning there's no percentage faster that you can go. Like you're teetering on out of control that blackout level of speed right. and effort. I don't know. It, you, you can't sustain that. Like you can't actually be in that all the time. There's stops and and ebbs and flows. I think flow state, like you said, it's that level of focus and concentration where you can block out things. But this is really, guys, this is where we live. It's different from we're on the bench getting ready to play, but it's also not a frantic, uh, chaotic pace either. I don't know. That's just kind of what I think. But you're right. It's hard to define. Yeah, I think, yeah, like I think, yeah, what you're saying it isn't is uh, when Don Meyer used to say you can't be a mad dog in a meat house. You know, or you're just going to get a bullet between the eyes. So, <laughs> so you know, you yeah, you can't have you know. And I'm not a big uh, you know raw raw Newt Rockney speech guy, I, not at all. Actually, um, more of a you know let's take care of business type uh, tone uh, before a game. And so, yeah, there is a there is a magic spot in there where you're not just rabid, but but you are hyper focused. Yeah. That's a um, great point. A great point on even the the coaching side. Like we have to find our flow because like, I don't know about you. I only have one or two uh, clipboard breaks in me a year. You know, right. you start breaking all the time. One, your budget's going to run out. But then two, like it just becomes either funny or somewhat annoying. Like they'll just right. tune it out. So we've got to yeah. find our flow. But on the flip side, we can't also be just – Hey, let's just chill. Like you got to bring it a little bit up, but yeah, we got to find our flow. I think, uh, and and I don't know if this is a good analogy or not. I, I would say one, uh, one thing I do a lot of in coaching and and they're, they kind of just spring into my head is, is I try to make analogies for the players, but, um, you know, I, those of us that are old enough to remember watching Mike Tyson in the ring, uh, whoever he was fighting would always come in, you know, with their hands in the air and dancing around the ring. And he would just come in, <laughs> just, you know, uh, just looking like, uh, can we get this thing going? You know, like I'm ready. Can we just start this fight? And always loved that levelness that he seemed to have, but it was, it was a high intensity, but it was, it was level. And, yeah. and I think the best players that I've coached through the years they seem to some degree, I would, I would describe them as very level. You know, they weren't real emotional or, you know, a roller coaster in their emotion. They seemed, uh, they seemed very level, although intense, but it was, uh, it was the right kind of intense. So that's, yeah, you're, that's the, the right kind of intense. Um, you, I love the fact that you let your assistants look over your practice plan. Uh, and that shows a certain level of humility. But all, when choosing your assistants, what are some things that you look for? That's a great question. I've uh, like I've I've been very very fortunate in that. And probably the first I was I was thinking this morning. I think I've in my 28 years as a head coach, I think I've hired, and I have I have two assistants that I hire uh, where I'm at. So. Um, I think I've hired around 19 is and that and I'm not counting, you know, maybe a guy that comes from football to hell, but the guys that I actually hired. So I think there's a lot of qualities. I was I was talking to I was talking to a coach yesterday and and we were talking we were talking about that subject. 
the first thing I do is I try to target certain people. Maybe that I've, maybe I don't, maybe I know them really well, or maybe I've just observed them and liked what I saw. Uh, and then if they're interested, then the first thing I do is try to talk them out of it. I try to tell them everything that they won't like and see, <laughs> uh, you know, see how they respond. So like, like we're going to do open gym every day after school. We're going to have it open every day in the summer and it's a lot of hours and it's a lot of time. And so I want to, you know, I want to, some people may view that as a negative, like, man, if I go work there, I'm, I'm going to lose a lot of free time. Yeah. And so I try to, I try to talk them out of it with, with everything that someone might perceive as negative. And so I'm looking for those guys that, you know, that want to be in the gym. They want to be around kids that want to get better, have a passion for the game. And then, and then I, I think too, I do look for, uh, you know, guys that show some humility. Um, and I got, I've had so many good assistants that, that I could talk about, but, you know, we, we had one leave last year. Uh, he got a, you know, he got him a job and, and left and we just had him three years. He was 23 years old when we hired him. He was the best young guy I've ever been around as far as his knowledge and his conscientiousness. Um, but, and he was a really good player in college. And the interesting thing about him that I, that struck me right off the bat, Ken DeWeese is the one that recommended him to me. And Ken, you know, I, has a lot of respect for me. And he told me, he said, you're going to love this guy. Hmm. He never, he would never talk about how good a player he was. Uh, every now and then he'd play with our, play with our players. It was and they just good. knew. <laughs> yeah, they, they knew. But he would never talk about it. If anybody brought it up, he'd make fun of himself. Um, and so just those personality traits, I think, um, I think when you go into a classroom, just a, a normal classroom in the, in the school, and I had a principal tell me this one time. He said, you know, there may be one teacher that knows everything there is to know about their subject. There may be another teacher that, you know, just passed their exit test and they really don't know very much about the subject matter. They're learning as they go. And he said, it makes no difference whatsoever. He said, it's, you know, uh, he said, it's the power of personality that makes someone a good teacher. And so I try to, I've always, that always stuck with me. That was my first principle that I ever had. And I loved them. Uh, hmm. It said, it's the, it's the power of personality. And so I, I think that's really what I'm looking for more than anything is what their personality is like. How will that relate to our kids? You know, obviously they have to have a work ethic and want to be, you know, want to spend a lot of time in a gym and around basketball and not mind looking at film and all that. But, uh, yeah, I think just those those traits. Um, and I would say also if they remind me of the guys that I grew up with, then then that's going to be something that I was lucky. I grew up around a lot of guys that love basketball. Todd Duncan was, you know, my best friend growing up at LCU. Um, and there was just so many our age and that time growing up in Lubbock that just we, that's just all we did was play yeah. basketball and uh and the LCU guys and the Texas Tech guys, those were the guys we would, you know, play pickup with when we were in high school. So, and there were some guys that just at that time before social media and the the iPhone that were just passionate about the game. And so I'm always kind of my radar is always up for guys that still have that, still have that kind of passion for basketball. Thank you for checking out today's episode. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti Podcast.
It's just a matter of doing it.